Things are never, ever the way they appear. Never, ever. I just listened to a couple of days back a real sad, disappointing story um, where someone was sharing life. It was the son of a very prominent Christian family. If I said the name, most of you listening or watching would know exactly who I was talking about. And um, it's a story about family split. One side goes on. He said he had forgiven, but you still can see the real deep hurt. At least it appeared that way. Um, betrayal. And also it was sobering. But it was also, interestingly enough, it was also ministering. Um, he shared about the fact that even though his father appeared every day and owned a major Christian television network, that his father was at some point an alcoholic and he was on totally drunk. I don't think we as the viewers knew because I used to watch that channel. It was always uplifting. Um, he shared some an indiscretion of his mother who I believe was just, just a really godly, inspiring woman. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because of the goodness of God that God knows that we are fallible. It's a verse in the Bible that he says he knows that we're clay, we're dust. We make unwise choices. There's always this pull from the enemy because when you bring people down like that in top positions, you're bringing down thousands because they're looking up to those roles. And that's not where we're supposed to be looking. So we make mistakes, leaders of Christian organizations and churches, they fall. But we're supposed to encourage and exhort one another to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And just like how we want grace, to extend the grace to others. Hello, friend, and welcome. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats. Welcome. I am your host. My name is Joy. If you're looking at this, this is my YouTube channel that you're watching on, A Place for Joy. But it's also the umbrella for all of the entrepreneurial things that my mind gets me into. For example, my affirmation coloring book, which is a companion to my children's book, Mama, What Color Am I? And in this book, it's really using animals that are characters to convey messages to children about their cute, winsome characteristics that are so important and that need to be celebrated. So for example, I have a page here 
that says you're the color of cuteness. I have another page. You're the color of smartness. And there's a verse that goes with it. And when I say a verse, I mean the form of a poem. Children love it. Get it for your favorite child. And the companion coloring book is really an activity book filled with activities and Bible verses that children can memorize because it's just the size in terms of the length that a child can wrap their minds around and begin to learn scripture so that you're telling them things that are eternal. Okay, look at the activity here. There's a maze and it's saying, I am loved. And of course, the Bible verse is put at the bottom while the child is coloring or doing the puzzle or writing or solving a, a maze or a seek and find. There's also scripture because children learn in multiple ways. So that goes with my umbrella and um, welcome. You're at my podcast and I am honored that you took the time because as busy as you are, you took the time to stop by to either listen or to watch or to do both. Welcome. If you have not subscribed, please consider becoming a subscriber. And if you have, I am so grateful. My podcast is a podcast that is based on the Bible. I believe that that is the word of God. That's where we go to get counsel and wisdom to live the abundant life that is promised in the Bible. The Bible is still the number one best-selling book in the world. And I believe that because it is the eternal word of God. So welcome. Stick around. I um, didn't come back in my two weeks. It's been three weeks because life is busy, just like it is for you. There's been all kinds of things. So please pardon me. I took part enrolled in a class. I still have um, overdue homework. Um, there were many different engagements that I had to attend and was involved in, um, commitments that I had made that I had to fulfill, and a lot of things. And I'm preparing for a real big trip. So there were so many moving parts. I thought about you, prayed for you, but I just couldn't get on because when I get on, I want it to be something that's encouraging and something that will bless you. I'm saying that to say that I'm almost at the point where I might start in between when I can't make it. I'm going to experiment and do YouTube shorts so that I have a Bible verse or just a little thing that the Holy Spirit has blessed me with to encourage me so that I can encourage you. Because that's the purpose of my um, my channel, of the things I do. It's My books are for affirming children, but my channel is to encourage you, to exhort you, to, to get you to get into the word like how I need to so that we can find the strength and the peace and the wisdom for the things that we face every day. I started talking about um, that family and it would be easy 
to judge. But when people are so high up on the pinnacle or whatever we put them on, do we ever take the time to pray for them? Years ago, I have a friend who wondered, um, and her question was, she said, for as many people as your mother is constantly ministering to, I wonder how many people are praying for her. And I don't know if we do that enough. I just don't know. Um, and it's hard to make a human a divine being because we just don't measure up. I admire the man, Jesus Christ, because he didn't take advantage of what he could have. When people were following him and the multitudes and, you know, throwing their, their things in front of him, even when they were seeing Hosanna, he was on his way to die, which again was a choice because he, he said he was determined, he was purposed. Even when he got in that garden, when he said, you, who are you looking for? He said, take me, leave these alone. He could have cut, he could, he could have escaped. He could have said enough. Um, when he washed his disciples' feet, I, I don't know about you, I don't usually raise my hand to be the first to get my hands dirty. That's a confession, it's not a good one. It's having a servant heart. He was constantly serving and ministering for the good. He didn't let things get to his head he knew who he was and he didn't mind hanging out with us. Smelly in every way, um, deceitful. Judah's right next to him, knew what he was up to. He didn't make him feel different. That's why the other disciples could ask, who is it, Lord? You know, it wasn't like, oh, we know it's Judas. He, he never called him out. He never embarrassed him. So today, could I please come and remind you of a few things that you can carry through the week? I'm hoping you have a wonderful, pleasant weekend. And if you're just chilling or you're feeling good, or maybe you're dealing with a struggle, relationships, there's always something, um, sickness, whatever it is, I just wanted to give some gentle reminders and so let's go. And we'll keep it quick because I said a whole bunch of stuff in the beginning. So let's do some reminders. And this time I'll give you the homework and that's how we'll keep it short. Reminder one. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus was invited to the wedding, which was his first public miracle, that Mary said, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. This was after Jesus told her, it's not my time. But she knew he was going to do something. So what can we get from that very quickly? Invite Jesus. Invite God. Acknowledge him in everything. And when 
Your means wear out. He's there. Ask him and what he directs you to do, do it. You already know this, so that is a reminder. And that came from Mary. So it must have been something that she learned and had to practice because she had an everyday life. I don't think this woman's life was simple. I think it was quite complicated. But the focus of the scripture is not on her. It's not even a lot of um, trying. It doesn't glorify her because it's all about glorifying Jesus. The Bible doesn't lift her up. It's about lifting up Jesus. But she said something that we have to remember, especially in the times we live in. Do what he says, whatever it is, even when it means taking water when you really need wine, because he will make it what you need it to be when you need it. Okay? Another reminder. John the Baptist. I always wonder about that story. There's so many things I wonder because I think we're missing a lot of things from that story. Like, why did the Bible bother to tell us what he wore? Um, I was kind of doing research on that. And one of the things they said, because people have to, you know, sometimes we just have to go on what we know. The prophets in the Old Testament had all kinds of symbolism that they did that God directed them because there was always a message. And John is the last of the, the prophets before the Messiah. You know, in terms of introducing him, he's the last of the prophets. So I always wonder why, um, you know, why did the Bible specifically say what he was wearing? Because when the Bible talks about the other prophets, there are things that God told them to do. I mean, some really strange things, but they were messages to Israel and the children of Israel understood it. So I, I wonder about John, you know, even what he ate, what's the deal with locusts and honey? But that's not what I want you to worry about. I don't want you to worry about the locusts or honey. I'm not trying to give a secret message. But John was doing exactly what he was born to do. He followed through and he got thrown into jail. We all know the story. You can be doing everything right and things still go wrong. That Herod he was talking to, he still got the girl. He still took his brother's wife. He respected John. It was the manipulation of the brother's wife who wasn't the nicest person. But the Bible doesn't talk about lightning striking her. We don't know how she ended, but the Bible didn't focus on her. But it does her wickedness and her manipulation. Ugh. And she got her daughter, who apparently was quite a great dancer, to get John killed. May I tell you that's one of the stories that bothered me in the Bible? I didn't say I didn't believe it. I said it bothered me. It bothered me because... God didn't respond. Jesus didn't respond the way I wanted him to. Because you see, we got all these things where we think God should behave and act the way we think he should. How dare me, me telling God what he should do, you know? Ugh. Thank God he's not sending lightning because I was standing in line for that, you know? Um, I wish he had sent lightning to 
wipe them out. He didn't. But in that manipulation, he allowed John's head to be cut off. But before John died, John was put into prison. And this is from preaching. We won't call it the gospel, but saying the Messiah has come. He's coming. And John had a question that he asked that he sent his disciples. So this I'm going to read to you. Okay, so listen to this. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Isn't that interesting? He recognized him because of what the Holy Spirit said about descending on him like a dove. You know, for the longest time, I thought it was actually a dove because all of the pictures we see and they draw so nicely. But they said the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Um, but regardless, John recognized him. But now things got kind of rough. I don't know if John was expecting to go to jail from doing that. I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit told him. We don't know. And we don't know each other's destinies. But he's in jail. Things must not be good. And maybe he's wondering, I know I would be, if you are the Messiah, I hear all the things you're doing. When are you coming to set me free? I, I would be kind of wondering that. I don't know about you. And the, it, he sent his disciples. Apparently, they could go and come back to see him. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. They had direct access to Jesus, which again is interesting. So this is somebody close. And so Jesus says, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God bless those who do not fall away because of me. Dag. John had this direct message that we get to hear. Remind yourself this week or in a situation that you don't understand, remind yourself, and I'm talking to me because this walk is hard, y'all. We are in spiritual warfare. Reach back deep into the word Remind yourself of the things that God said about his son, the things that he has done for you in the past. Remind yourself. And even when he said the dead are raised, that's something that John would have to keep to know this isn't the end when they were taking that man to be executed. Jesus didn't go there. His word went ahead of him. That's hard. Remind yourself so that in the midst of everything, especially 
the spirit of deception in the time we live, when good is called bad and bad is called good, let us not fall away because he said God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. The last story is with Mary and Martha. And I will end with that as a reminder that even when things don't appear, when you've called on God, this is to me and to you, my dear friend, and nothing seems to happen. And when he comes after the fact, these are his words. Let's read that. Okay, this is from John eleven forty, And I bet you're thinking that I'm talking about the fact that he said, I am the resurrection and the life. That's not the verse I'm about to read. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? And we know that Lazarus was raised after that and... But that's not my focus. I think one of the hardest things is <laughs> when things stink, um, when there seems to be no hope, when we're just walking through life every day and some days it works, some days it doesn't. We're exhorted by Jesus in the Bible to believe him. It pleased him when someone who was not a Jew said, just say the word. I understand authority. Just speak your word. My reminder, again, these are just reminders that you already know, that when nothing's making sense, when everything's making sense, when it's good or it's bad, our authority is the infallible word of God, the written word that we're fortunate to have in abundance. We have Bibles, we have different versions, we have different colors, we can get it on our phone, we can listen in our cars. We have the access like never before. We need to tap into the word and then we need to encourage each other that no matter what, we need to believe it. We need to remind ourselves that he has said it. He's there with us. We might not see him. We might not feel him. We might not smell him. But because he's God and because his word says so, then it's true. So this week, gentle reminders. I hope you're doing well. And if you're not, you're going to be well because God said so. Let's keep praying for one another, exhorting one another. I hope to see you in two weeks. I know that's going to be a challenge because I'm traveling quickly within that time because of how I didn't show up. So you might get a short and it will be a Bible first exhorting you. And then I'll be bringing you pictures, sharing where I am. 
hopefully it will be something that, um, again, will be an encouragement to you. I appreciate your support. You are a beloved child of God. And thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting me and tuning in to just find out what I had to say. I hope this blesses you. Blessings on your week and peace.